All right, guys. Wow. What an episode we have for you guys. There's some news and do we care? We're going to tell you all the shows and there's a whole bunch of them that you guys should be watching. We're going to be telling you why we should all be going by first name, last initial, just like our guy, John B. We're going to be doing a Marvel rewatch on Ant-Man and we're going to end up with a metal ceremony about the greatest weapons in movie history. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. Nordy's podcast. How are you guys doing? My name's Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. What's up, guys? Doing well, man. Uh, not much. Just the same old shit. It's been a month and a half. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Every day is exactly the same, except for today, because today we all need to pour one out for one of the greatest sacrifices in the history of the world. When we're recording this, one year ago today, Tony Stark made the ultimate sacrifice by uh, taking the gauntlet from Thanos and saving all of humanity in the universe. Thank you, Tony Stark. Pour one out. Was that today, huh? Yeah, that was today. April 26th. Yeah, yeah. Do you know how long ago that feels? I know it's <laughs> a year is a long time, but it feels like that was five years ago. It must have felt really like it was a long time for all those people who were lost in the snap and then came back. Yep. <laughs> And then we had to go to all those uh, therapy meetings with Captain America. That might have been, that might have even been worse. Like, just put me back in <laughs> the snap, dude. Get me out of here. All right, guys. We have a great show ahead of us today. Um, but before we jump into that, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe on Podbean, the podcast app, Spotify, wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. And get the Nordies podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week. And please, 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 you're stuck at home. You have nowhere to go. You don't have plans. Give us a five-star review. We'd love to read your funny, hilarious five-star quarantine review. So please do that for us right now. Yeah, that'd be awesome because we love reading that type of stuff. Yeah. Thanks in advance. And go tell some friends, man. Yeah, just tell somebody. Share something that we did on uh, on instagram or whatever just get some debate going with a friend and help spread the word about the nord east podcast all right so we all have our own beers today what are you guys drinking over there in your quarantine okay well i'll go first <laughs> i am having modest green greens which is a double dry hop new england style ipa it is a really interesting color i think they called it green greens because it almost looks green as you pour it out it is a delicious, I think it was 420 themed, um, you know, double dry hopped IPA. It's freaking great. Modest skills it. Nice. Nice. Dude, I'm way over with Blackstack in St. Paul. So they released a new beer called Basic and it's under 10 bucks for the, for the tall boy four pack. It's a lemon zest blonde ale. Um, I like it. I like it a lot. And plus the price point is nice, man. Yeah, you're a big lemon guy. Mm-hmm. It's damn good. It's a good beer. They, they throw lemon in there. Or Sorry. Uh, you're key lime. Sorry. I apologize. That was I'm, mm. I'm, I messed it up there. I'm just citrus in general, so I let it go because you're right. I mean, I like all the citrus in beer, uh, mostly beer. 
Well, I was thinking key lime. I know you're a big key lime guy. That's my wife. She's she's obsessed. I'm like, okay. it's fine. Give me like a chocolate dessert first, but Ryan, what are you having? But not too late at night. Yeah. Um no. <laughs> I I'm partying forward, man. It's been hey. it's been rough down here in, in South and to get my hands on a good fair state beer has been an absolute undertaking. So when I saw Party Forward was available, one of my favorite hazy IPAs from them, um, I had to I had to grab it. Uh, the price point's just right on that too, and the flavor is delicious. So shout out to Fair State. Sweet. All right, guys. Ryan, did you prep a fun question for us here today? Yeah, I did. So this is kind of a, a riff on the Desert Island movies thing, but there's a catch, right? Hmm. It's a trill. You have to pick a trilogy, and you you have to watch them consecutively. Like there's a device on on the video player that knows if you're sitting in front of the TV or not, and so you can't just watch the first one only or the third one only. You have to watch all three consecutively before you can start over. Every single time. So we get, we understand the rules of the game. Yes. The the three that you get to choose from are Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> the matrix or jurassic park oh wow i tried so you- and i and i tried i tried to go with movies that started off with a bang and then fizzled so mm-hmm. which one do you which one of those three do you think sucks less for nine hours wow i'm easily picking jurassic park because yeah. even when the matrix is good it is slightly boring like it's interesting but like there's so much time of Keanu Reeves attempting to be a character that has no personality. Um, and Pirates of the Caribbean is the opposite. It's like, I can't watch. He, you know, Johnny Depp famously said he modeled his character after Keith Richards and Pepe Le Pew. And I don't really like that combination. Jack Sparrow <laughs> is really annoying. I'm going with Jurassic Park, which is very flawed in its own way, but I would at least have fun. I think I think you're you're missing out on how bad Jurassic Park two is. Mm-hmm. And three. It is. And then yeah, the Lost World or whatever. Pretty poor. Yeah. I honestly though, out of those, um, I'm gonna go Jurassic Park as well. The first one is magnificent. And so I'll always have that. But I mean, is it better than The Matrix? I don't know. But the second two movies are much more bearable, I think. I mean, it's, you know, at worst, there's dinosaurs and shit. It's fine. Okay, fair enough. I'm going The Matrix. Okay. Because even even a bad kung fu movie, I think, is still better than uh, Jurassic Park 2 and 3. And it's definitely better than Pirates. So, Jimbo, I threw I threw Pirates in there because you've always kind of pimped them as, like, you thought it was uh, better than, you know, sort of its rap. Yeah, I think it probably is. Um, I think the first one is just a pretty great movie all around um by the second and third one i can't even tell you what happens or which movie is which i mean it's just they all sort of blend together it's like the born movies i okay there's jason born he's running from bad guys oh he's running towards bad guys okay um i think that the pirates of the caribbean same way oh there's a different curse okay i guess this person's bad now it's it it's a stupid movie, so it shouldn't also be confusing. There were there were too many curses in that, and too many of like, well, you're going to the locker. I'm like, well, what's the locker? And then they never really explained what Davy Jones's locker was. They're like, yeah, but you're going to be cursed. And I was down there for ten years, so now it's on you. And it's like, yeah. what? 
Like, this all is right. all too convoluted. Yes. Yeah. And then they're just like, okay, now you're over the curse, I guess, and you're back. All right, cool. You guys yeah. missed out on what my real pick would have been if I had to watch a terrible trilogy all the time on a desert island. It would for sure be the Da Vinci Code trilogy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Robert Langdon trilogy. Mm. Did you see but, Inferno? Oh, absolutely. Except um, I think I told you guys this a few months back on here. Um, I watched the first two and I loved them so much that I was like, I need to watch the third one. How come I never watched the third one before? I must be crazy. And then I watched it and I got to the end of it and I was like, oh crap, I already saw this movie. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I do remember <laughs> you saying that. And the worst part is they changed it like infinitely uh, towards the end from the book. Really? Like they, they completely reversed what happened in the book because it probably played better as, as a movie thing. Mm. It was bad. It was rough. All right, guys, uh, let's move on to Do We Care? And uh, Do We Care starts with something that we truly don't care about. That's Westworld is getting renewed on HBO for a season four. Have you guys watched believe... past episode one? No. Yeah, I watched, um, I guess I gave it the three, the JC3, and I quit. And I think I'm done forever. Did you enjoy any of it? No, I I, I even think, impa- I I'm a... even over like the action set pieces. I think they're worse now, and that was like really one of the reasons. I was like, well, at least it'll really have like cool action and you know bloody gruesome deaths and all that. And I think that even that has lost its edge, and they're they're just not as creative with it anymore. I think there was about for the first episode. I think there was about two minutes of the hour that I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. And that's just not good enough. Yeah. The part I thought was cool is when the guy swung the golf club and got so off balance, he fell into his head and died. <laughs> <laughs> and he was being tortured by the glasses that were on his face, but he didn't take them off. Yeah. So could. there was that. So, um, yeah, I don't care. I think this is a horrible mistake by HBO and HBO doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I know. I mean, it, you know what? They want more content right now, and they're spending a lot of money to get that content. So I guess they just say, hey, man, we'll have some viewers built in. Let's just keep it going. Maybe uh, the ratings for them are good enough to say it deserves another season. Like, I, I, Maybe I they imagine. are. I, yeah. I, I don't know. know. This, was, this show was a big deal in season one, and it has not been good since. I um, saw that. But, I saw that news, and I was shocked. I, yeah, I honestly I was. was. Yeah. And if you'd asked me that two years ago, be like, "Will Will Westworld make it to four seasons?" I'd be like, "Absolutely, without question." <laughs> and now I'm like, "Cut it, yeah, don't, cut it, don't do anymore." Yeah, um, we'll see. There's a chance they announce it that it's going to be like a six episode, you know, finale thing. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So uh, HBO also announced that they have HBO Max coming. Already on May 27th, so a month away, HBO Max will be launching. What do we know about HBO Max? How much will it cost and what kind of perks will you get? So I know a little bit about it. Um, I thought it was a little weird because if you are a, a HBO subscriber, you already have everything they've ever done and quite a few movies that they have purchased, right? So the idea here is that to, the, all of that will be on there. But it's going to be more money than a um, an HBO subscription, and it's going to have like I think they bought Friends, okay? So I think Friends is going to be on there, and like a you know some other big shows and movies, and 
the stuff that they haven't had in the past. And then they're doing some original shows that I think will only air on HBO Max and not on HBO, which is annoying to people that have been paying for HBO for a long time. Um, but the shows that they have are like fucking look stupid, like Fraggle Rock. Obviously, we don't care about that. There's like a romantic comedy um, ugh, with that kind of mousy redhead girl that that Ryan likes. Anna Kendrick. Oh, no. Um, Anna Kendrick. And dude, nothing about this is appealing to me. Yeah, I I would completely agree. Like, especially when the the price point goes way up. So what will I lose from my current HBO? I don't think you'll lose anything. I think that there'll be some new shows. Fraggle Rock Friends and Anna Kendrick. Right, but you're not losing that. I mean, that wasn't no. on there. It's just that they'll they'll if they ever do, you know, make some good show we all want to watch, we might all be fucking pissed because we're like, dude, we subscribed to HBO, and you now you're gonna make something that we want to watch that we have to subscribe to a separate, you know, streaming service. So I I don't know, you not know a huge new, fan. You know, the new Game of Thrones is gonna be on there for sure. That's what I was just gonna say. Anything no that's way. being produced, anything that's being produced beyond the launch of HBO Max and released is going to end up on HBO Max. Or it will on HBO Max. They're gonna, and it will be on HBO on a two week delay. They're gonna want, yeah, they're gonna want mm. you to pay a premium to watch it live, and then it'll upload to HBO. Like Eric said, a couple weeks later or three weeks later or something. You'll get That's, it, but you'll get yeah. it late. In the moment, if you want to watch the new Game of Thrones, you'll have to pay an extra. How much is it extra? I don't know. I don't think they've released how much it is yet. Yuck. Hate it. I don't care. I Actually, I'm kind of, I, maybe I do care a little bit because I'm kind of annoyed already. I'm getting preemptively annoyed. I think what they're going to do then is then phase out HBO Go. And then it's just going to be HBO Max or the HBO cable subscription. And that's going to be it. Which the cable subscription is pretty much worthless. Like, I don't go on at live and turn to a fucking channel to watch HBO. I go to my app, my smart TV app, and go to HBO Go and click it, you know? Right. Hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see how, how they treat it and what shows are popping up on it. But, um, you know, we were also ripping Disney Plus pretty fucking hard for a while. And then we all got it. And, and now then we all regretted it. And now I know. Now I only watch Marvel movies for our Marvel rewatch on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I still think overall, since we paid what, like 70 bucks for the year? Instead of renting all those movies for three, four dollars a pop, I think we're gonna end up coming out ahead. If you look yeah, if you want and to look we got Mandalorian. Yeah. So there's always that. All right, guys. So speaking of another streaming service, um, there's a new Star Wars show on Disney Plus that we, we have heard about now. It's been announced. It's coming, and it's going to be centered around female characters. It's going to be done by the Russian doll co-creator. Um, what do we know about the show, and are you guys excited for it? I mean, I think you just kind of nailed it. Um, that's all we really know. It's not going to have. It's not going to be characters you you probably know. They said, or even in a time. The timeline that we're familiar with so you know it's a big universe they can go out and, and do these little one-off stories which is great um you know anytime it's like a female produced female directed female written and a female cast the comment section on the internet is like lovely about it so 
Um, I'm not saying I don't have an opinion one way or the other. I think it's great. You know, we just talked about, well, Russian doll was a fantastic show, um, created by women. Um, you know, killing Eve, there's a bunch of them. It's not like that's a problem, but if it's a little contrived and just sort of trying to be like this girl power thing, I don't know. Later I'm going to do a birds of prey, um, review and yeah, you just don't want to force anything. I think, um, the 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 ultimate like arbiter between like regular female heroes or female superheroes to like potentially female Jedi or things of that ilk is that the Star Wars universe I think does a pretty good job of propping up some of the uh, female uh, leads and and protagonists in the sense that this world has uh, different rules and different powers. Uh, mm-hmm. for them so if there's a female jedi like a jedi is a jedi right so you'd be right. able to just say they all have the same power across the board varying a little bit with like who has uh you know uh, studied longer or all that stuff but i think that that might uh lead to it, it being significantly more palatable than i mean like, that's a good point uh, too because yeah. in star wars it's it's very much like who is the most mentally powerful like you don't see a jedi like working out in the gym like dude i better get fucking buff for these fights it's like no dude you just got to be disciplined and you got to be your force has to be on point and your lightsaber skills have to be on point what is uh a hope you guys have for this i just hope it's interesting i hope it's something we all watch and, and enjoy i mean I want more Star Wars content, and the stuff for TV has been better than the stuff in the theaters. I just Agreed. hope I, someone, I echo that a hundred percent. I just hope someone has a Kyber crystal lightsaber dagger. A dagger for throat slits? No, not for throat slits. They don't throw throat slit. Everyone, everyone who gets their head cut off or stabbed in the neck is wearing a stormtrooper outfit. So there's no blood. But uh, <laughs> well, it yeah. cauterizes the wounds. It's perfect. Yeah, I mean, they're literally, when it's that uh, scene where they kill Snoke, I mean, the number of times they slash people's throats in that is like every guy, but they're wearing costumes and it just doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, it's also PG-13, so yeah. there's that. Um, I care. I am excited about any Star Wars thing, like you said, on Disney+, Plus. so I think it's going to be fun. And also, it just makes me realize that the internet is full of um trolls and i just have to imagine that 95 percent of those trolls are um ugly unhappy white men uh sounds right you Pretty think seems like most of the angry part of the internet um all right guys next up hunger games prequel i think we mentioned it before but now we have a name it's called the ballad of songbirds and snakes uh, it's going to center around a younger, more positive protagonist, um, Snow. I don't know his first name. President yeah. Snow? President yeah. Snow. Um, I don't think they could do pretty much... I don't know if there's anything they could do to make me care about this. I don't care. No, that's not true. There is something they could do. They could put it out directly to Netflix. Then you'd watch it? As, as an eight-part series with a bunch of teenagers, and then you're in. <laughs> no, no, no. If it was a Netflix movie, I think I'd watch it. If like yeah, I would movie. I would watch it in that case. Um if Yeah, like, I mean I'm gonna go like the first Hunger Games, but you thought the next three were shit. Well we're sorry. And we're giving you this one on Netflix. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's watch it. Eric, mm. I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with your your take on some of the movies that it would 
where you say, I wouldn't watch this if you paid me $20 and a free four pack of fair state. Okay. Yeah. That seems about right with this one. That's a strong Eric take. Nice work, Ryan. Also, the name is just awful. Mm-hmm. Well, what? I think it's the name of Susan Collins book. She's, she's awful. She doesn't know what she's doing. No. She came up with a great premise and then was like, Ooh, I actually have no idea how to get out of this. I actually she's no, think that the, she's no JK. the movies, I think the movies ruined the books, honestly. Tarnished well, it. I don't, I, I don't want to get into a whole Hunger Games thing, but I don't. I don't think that the movies did the books justice because I did enjoy the books. Book one was like a ninety-nine. Book two was like an 80, 81. Book three was like a forty. Book three was the last book. Yeah, I just remember it ended like horribly. Like all these innocent people like burned up, and so did like the main girl's sister. Yeah, they're like it's dropping like, bombs on like. The and then they were all kind of like, "All right, this was really bad. Let's just call a truce or something." <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, "Let me just go live in a house with the the kid that bakes bread." Yep. Yeah, that's pretty much so where we dumb. Were. I think that was the book too, though. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, do we care? No, we don't care. No, zero percent. All right. Next up, uh, Venom Two has a title. It's Venom Two. Let there be carnage. Woody. My guy Woody Harrelson. Oh, there's just I never I've haven't seen the first one yet. Have you guys? No, no, no. It looks yes. so bad. Where the I fuck is it? it? I want to. Like, I want to watch it, but I'm not gonna pay for it. I think I watched it on the plane to Hawaii, actually. Oh, that'd be perfect. It's a huh. good plane movie. Yeah, no, I don't want to watch this really. Um, Woody Harrelson has played too many like snarky, clever villains for me to get excited about him doing it again. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't care. All right. I, yeah. I really don't. I hate the fact that they're like, they're giving away the farm with the title again. Like, can't you just play the cards a little closer to the vest? You know, like let people be surprised, you know, yeah, that'd be like, cool. let, like even if it is in the trailer, like just have like little teeny snippets or something like that, but don't like immediately give away everything that's going to happen in the movie because we know how this movie's going to go. My problem is, is like, this would be like having a Ninja Turtles movie where it was all about Bebop and Rocksteady, but the Ninja <laughs> Turtles weren't in it. <laughs> like, it's kind of hard to have a Spider-Man movie without Spider-Man, so I don't... Or like, if, if Ninja Turtles 2 had been titled Ninja, Ninja Turtles 2, The Return of Shredder, be like, well, okay, I guess he did survive wasn't, right. it, wasn't it called wasn't one of them something like that I don't turtles know. in time yeah you know what it'd be like it'd be like um ninja turtles casey jones casey Jones. night the night of casey jones or something and you're like okay but i'm here for the turtles <laughs> <laughs> i just wanted yeah. to keep going with this analogy <laughs> Can someone why make an I, April O'Neil joke, please? Yeah, why my brain went to Ninja Turtles, I have no idea. So it would be kind of like if there was a Turtles movie that was, <laughs> that was Ninja Turtles, The Revenge of Baxter Stockman. Oh, what a character. God, dude, I don't know what had better villains. Tur Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or Spider-Man, though. They uh, both have just great fucking villains. Shredder is just such an elite villain. Like, he was actually scary. 
he was scary. And then uh, what was the, what was the brain? Crane. Yeah, Crane. And then Baxter Stock- Stockman, the fly looking dude. And then. Dropping Rock Study. Oh, you had, yeah. You had the Ooze Turtles who like got that serum. And then Ooh. were like and meaner than the Ninja Turtles. And they had a lot of spikes on them. A lot of mm-hmm. spikes. They were like snapping turtles. Yeah, right, right, right. Which is great. Yeah, that stuff's great. Um, all right, guys. So last one. FX ordered a cartoon comedy series. What do we know about this series? Why should we care? So it's produced by Dan Harmon, which is kind of a that's a that's a big name if you want to talk about um, like the the comedy realm. He does. He had Community. He's got Rick and Morty. The their their other new series. I forget what it's called. Well, that's just um, Justin Roiland on that other one. So it's kind of funny now. Dan Harmon is oh, going off to do is. his okay. own comedy. So um, <laughs> it's kind of a weird thing. Um, Aubrey Plaza is supposed to be uh, a girl. Like this is 13 years after she's been impregnated by the devil, who's played by Danny DeVito, and is <laughs> attempting to live an ordinary life with her daughter. Um, but then there are all these like, uh, you know, demonic, uh, forces who are trying to get that daughter's soul. So, um, that's sort of the, the weird premise. I'm guessing it's going to be, uh, very dry and very witty, uh, just because that's the way Dan Harmon writes comedy and that's the way Aubrey Plaza delivers it. True. So wasn't that, think, wasn't that a TV show last year? Like that show was on prime TV. Where it was like the, the good angel and the demon and they were like friends. Oh, good omens? Good omens. Like, wasn't that literally this story? Ah, <laughs> uh, shit, kind of. There was like the kid grew up and he was like the son of the devil and he was supposed to be the Antichrist and whatever. Yeah, pretty much. And they're both searching for him. Yeah, it seems like we watched that show in real life and it didn't work that well. No, but this is going to be a comedy. That was a lot more serious, I think. Yeah, that was supposed to be a comedy. It just wasn't that funny. Just wasn't funny. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Didn't translate. I think I think this could be cool. Um, it's called Little Demon. Um, I you know FX. I think FX does a pretty good job of vetting the shows that they want to air, and so if they think this is going to be good, I I want to put my trust in their judgment because they do make pretty solid decisions. They make great comedies. They really do. We may talk about a couple of them later, but I was going to say, eh, tease teaser for later. Yeah. So let's move on to hot wrecks. There's a lot of things to wreck this week. We've all been at home watching things, watching movies, watching shows. Let's start with one that was the talk of the week, probably the big drop of the week. And it came out on Friday, and that was the new Netflix movie by the Russo Brothers starring Chris Hemsworth, and that movie was called Extraction. Now, anyone who is a regular listener of this knows that I am not a huge fan of like really brutal violence. So it was a little strange of me to watch this movie with no recommendation. Right. But in the Russo brothers, I trust. In Chris Hemsworth, I trust. And Netflix had been pushing this movie so much. I saw a ton of people on Twitter talking about how much fun it was. So I decided to watch it. This movie was brutally violent. So the premise is that there's a Pakistani drug lord and an Indian drug lord. And they are caught up and one of the kids, one of their kids gets kidnapped by the other guy and he's like going to be executed or sold off for all this money. And Chris Hemsworth is like a, 
former soldier mercenary for hire who is taking a job to go and rescue this kid. And he goes and just pretty much it's a combination of John Wick and um, Call of Duty. Mm. And he pretty much just kills like a thousand soldiers. And most of it's in like really close quarters. Um, The story was average at best, but it was filmed so well. And Chris Hemsworth is... If he wants to be, he can be the biggest action star in the world. I don't know if that's the the route he wants to go, but it is there for the taking for him because he is so natural in just kicking ass and looking awesome doing it. So I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I don't even know if fun was the intention of it, Um, but Chris Hemsworth, a bunch of stars from Pakistan and India that I didn't really know, but were really good, and David Harbour with with a role in it as well. So anyone else watch that at all? I did not yet, but I'm going to watch it as soon as the podcast is done. I watched the first hour um, and I got it. I mean, I, I you, your description was right on. There's a lot of that, like, we're, we're fist fighting, but I'm holding a gun. So when I get a chance, I'll shoot you in the head from an inch away type of fighting. And, and brutal, fast paced action scenes were shot super, super well. Um I mean, it was a little bit repetitive and there was almost no plot to speak of. Like they set it up and then it was going and you're like, yep, yeah, I mean, they're definitely still running and everybody they meet is shoots at them. So they fight. So there's not much, not much as far as, far as plot, but I mean, maybe there'll be some twists at the end. I haven't finished. It just got too late, but I will, I will finish it. Um, so far it's on track for maybe like a 78 from me. For sure. That's, that's, that's pretty solid for like a, a Netflix Hemsworth action movie, though. True. Yeah. I, I think it's already a little better than I expected. For what can, it is, it was really fun. Can we... Hobbs and rewrite, Shaw was better. Can we rewrite River of God and turn it into a Hemsworth action film? Oh, it'd be too easy. <laughs> we, can, we don't even have to change the name. River of God is a perfect name. Yeah. 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 River of God's fine. But now, now it's going to be an action movie with Hemsworth. Hemsworth could just—he—he he is so handsome. He's so good looking, but like he also looks so badass if you just like rub a little dirt on his face, right? And, and hit him with the spray bottle for a little sweat, a little yeah. brow sweat. I will say that um, one thing I appreciated about this movie is that literally no one could survive the the scenes he's in, but he is taking serious damage. And he is getting more and more injured as it goes. And like, he is very bloody and very hurt. And like, I kind of appreciated that. Like he just didn't brush everything that happened to him. off. Right. I, I did it. There was the cumulative effect of like, this is really wearing on him. How much longer can he, you know, endure these punishments? And like, I will, I will, this is, um, I, I will, not give anything away, but I will just say something I appreciate it. He gets a, a wound to his arm, and then anytime he hits or bumps or gets hit in his arm, he's in horrible pain. And I was like, "Ooh, I like that little detail." So yeah, you gotta, yeah, I like those attention to detail. <laughs> Except for like in one scene in, towards the middle, his arm's all fucked up, right? And he's got like a big sling on it, and then all these people like come into an alleyway, and it's time to fight, and he just takes the sling off and then like throws a grenade with his fucked up arm (laughs) Um, (laughs) i'm sure it hurt but he it's called adrenaline jim yeah for netflix this was really fun it was very violent 
I had to look away some at some points when it was like it was official that someone was going to get brutally killed with a knife because it was like two dudes fighting to the death with knives. A lot um, of knife fights. Yeah, but I really did have fun watching it, and um, I want more of this on um, Netflix. The Russo brothers are obviously a huge deal. Chris Hemsworth is a huge deal, and it seemed like the stakes for what they were making was lower, but they probably had a good time making it. So bravo to Netflix and to all of them. It was exactly what I needed. There you go. Cool. All right, Jim, you watched Birds of Prey. It's a little better late than never. Um, what'd you think? Excuse me, it's Birds of Prey, the emancipation of one fantabulous Harley Quinn. Thank you. And um, I think it was what we thought it was, unfortunately. So I, I think that Margot Robbie is good. She's she's good. I She's way better in every single other movie she does than this, though. There is no Joker, so that's wonderful. But they do a decent amount of time setting up some other characters, right? I mean, there's like a kind of an FBI agent woman that's that's sort of supposed to be one of the birds. And then there's, um, you know, this woman who sings in, in like a nightclub. And she's like Ewan McGregor's kind of like club girl. And all the side characters are, are horrible and like not well-developed. You don't care about them at all. Um. There's like the action scenes are pretty fun. They're really over the top and silly. Uh, but I mean, this movie was a lot, actually a lot worse than I thought it was going to be. Like I heard, I read some reviews that were like, this is actually pretty good. Why isn't it doing well at the box office? Well, it's not very fucking good. I think it deserved whatever money it made, which wasn't that much. I mean, it just the movie was pretty bad. It was written pretty poorly and it was actually kind of boring. So right. Rotten Tomatoes gave it a, gave it a 78. Uh, for the critics score and so did the audience like they were both which is weird that they matched but what would you what would you give it i mean i don't even think i'd give it a fresh like i I would probably give it like a 55 yeah isn't that a fresh i just i I don't know i think it's over 60 is is a fresh but um i mean people either pick fresh or rotten and i would probably pick rotten um yeah, man, it just it just there it wasn't even very entertaining. Like there was a couple parts that make you smile a little bit, but dude, this isn't worth worth your time, unfortunately. And it's even got your girl in it, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Oh, she was painful, so bad. Really? Oh, it was so. She was like supposed to be this kind of like awkward huntress. Oh, her backstory was stupid. She was like unbearable. Wow. I know that did not help. She was maybe the worst of the side characters, honestly. Really? Yes. Because she's like second billing on the thing. I know. No good. No good, y'all. It's too bad. I wanted to like it. And you're so you're saying hard pass. Yeah, it's I mean, I would I would be I want you guys to watch. I want you guys to watch it so that you can come and tell me what you thought, but the audience do not waste your time. Did you pay for it? Four ninety nine, baby. Damn. All right, that back. I would say the most controversial show of the week, but definitely the show of the week was Outer Banks. I played hey. it last week. Um, seems like everyone's watching it on Netflix. I believe it's in their top three shows this week. Um, I finished it, and I thought it was an absolute joyride. Not necessarily a great idea, but damn, was it fun. I <laughs> love John B. I love Sarah Cameron. 
I thought the show was a whole lot of fun. It was literally like Goonies smoking pot, and I can't wait for season two. Even though about two or three times per episode, I would be like, oh, that was such a bad line. Or why? <laughs> so bad. <laughs> it's, it was captivating, even though it was kind of terrible. Did either of you watch it? What'd you think? I'll go first since I'm going to have the negative take and we'll let Jimbo come in and clean up my mess. Okay. Um, I think like I watched the first episode, right. And I felt like I was watching um, Dawson's Creek moves to the Everglades and they make worse decisions. Like I, it was too much of like a, I don't want to say teeny bopper, but it just, it just, it didn't work for me. It was, it was very silly it was not that entertaining. Most of the lines being delivered were subpar. Um, the convenience of everything that happened was too convenient. And it just, I get what you're saying, that it's fun. Uh, but this is like Ozark light um, with bad acting teenagers F- for me. And I, I, I get where you guys are coming from that it, it like TV is supposed to be entertaining and I'm sure the show may may you know reach uh, fever pitch as you, as you move along, uh, but I don't think it was that compelling overall. Sorry. Okay. No, that's good. Um, I get I get your take, Ryan. I totally do. Um, I think that I've been disappointed with a lot of really prestige TV that I've wanted to love lately. I'll give a couple examples. Devs was boring overall. I don't think it was very good. Um, Legion ended up sucking, um, homecoming, homecoming, uh, Westworld. So when Eric says, Hey, there's this really fun show on that kind of has like a Goonies style treasure hunting plot, you know, and I'm really liking it. I'm like, okay, let's check it out. And I gotta say, I like, not everything's perfect. Everything you mentioned, Ryan is right on. Like the writing isn't great, especially with dialogue um, that, you know, these kids are sometimes okay actors. Sometimes they can't even pull these lines off. Some of the adults are like, they're really pulling these adult like actors from like, maybe they were on a few episodes of NYPD blue. You know what I mean? That's about their, what their resume is. But when you package it all up, it's a really fun story and they have fun with it. And I've enjoyed it. I think I have maybe – I think I just have the finale left actually. So I'm, I like watch the whole fucking thing pretty quick. It's way better than Money Heist, like a lot better. That's not saying much, but – I know. So, I, dude, I wrecked this show. I just – you shouldn't really expect it to like be art. It's pretty pulpy. <laughs> There's just too many times where like they are like ad-libbing kind of and – it sounds like they looked at the script and saw that it said ad lib and they're just like do- attempting to do that. Yeah. It gets a little ugly at some of the times that, and like there's a lot of chases. <laughs> like <laughs> you, they're all being chased a lot of the time, but it's just like you're watching an old movie. Like it's like you're watching an old movie from your childhood, except all the characters are like smoking pot and like trying to fuck. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, I get that. Like every time they go to do something, they run into the the bad guys or a bad guy. So like the coincidence factor is what's keeping this plot moving. <laughs> yeah. 
Can I ask you guys something? So many and, coincidences. And I don't care if you if you ruin the plot. I'm probably not going to watch it. Does the guy who always like hams up the fact that he's on the math team ever do anything like super smart? Like, does he ever pull like a wild hair out of his ass and do something like incredibly intelligent, like with math? No, he knows how to work. <laughs> like he, yeah, he but, but they, he, he like tries to throw a rock in the first epi- episode and was like, I, uh, sorry, I, I, I was on the math team. And it's like, well, why did you try and throw it then? If you know, you can't throw rocks. Like, does he ever do anything where he like hot wires a boat or he, like MacGyver something like he designed, to get him- he learned, he was the one that was like, I'm going to, I know how to use this fancy drone. That was like, cool. And then he also designed some kind of machine to like pull the pull some gold up. So well, a you couple know how to times. use a drone. So that's not and you weren't on I any know. math teams. <laughs> Here's the problem, Ryan. So in in movies, you the writer has to be pretty fucking smart if they want to demonstrate that someone is very smart. It's much sure. easier just to have other characters say, Whoa, that guy's really smart. So that's what they usually do. Okay. Fair enough. I was just curious because in the first episode, they mentioned that he was on the math team like eight times. So I was hoping <laughs> that there would be something like down the road where it was like he he made some algorithm into an like, you know, from an app and was able to GPS locate something. But that apparently doesn't happen. No. I, love the show. I thought it was a blast. I can't wait for season two. Show is mega flawed, but everyone's stuck at home. And people want binge-worthy shows. And by the way, there's two types of good TV at this point. There are the shows like Ozark, where you could binge it, but like I can't even really binge it. Like it's so good, I like need to take a little break. Mm-hmm. This is not that. The show, I if I would have had enough time, I could have watched the whole thing in one sitting. <laughs> like, it's just for fun. I enjoyed it. I hope other people check it out as well. Is this so a background of- show for you? No, I was I was really into it. Like okay. it's been a background show, but like I found myself really hooked by like there's just enough times where he's like running away from bad guys or something that I was just like kind of into it. Um all right, so a couple other shows. Ryan, you've been watching Little Fires Everywhere. Um what do you think about that one? Man. So I was I try to compare it to like sharp objects a little bit, except the crescendo is bigger towards the end. And I I I don't want to use this pun, but I have to. But it is definitely like a slow burn that Ooh. really starts really starts accelerating towards the end. I think I've got like two episodes left, and I cannot wait to finish the show. Uh, Reese Witherspoon is phenomenal. Most of the kid actors uh, are really good. Um, I, 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 the show is very compelling. And all of these different sort of side stories are circling back and coming to a head. Um, you know, so like things start off and you you, you have all these like uh, different tree branches, right? And they're all going off in different directions and you wonder how they're going to sort of circle back together. Well, the, the writers did a really good job, obviously, because they had a book to go off of. But the writers mm-hmm. did a really good job of sort of making all of these storylines come together simultaneously and slowly not 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 like super fast where where everything hits you at once but they start slowly coming together and it's really good it's it's definitely a wreck from me um 
again, if, if you're not into something that's slow, if you, if you need like quick bingeable entertainment, this is probably not your show. Uh, but if you like good quality acting, good quality writing, um, really building the story from the ground up, then little fires everywhere is fantastic. That's a, that's a good review. Um, I'm tempted. I did watch, I don't know, five minutes. I gave it almost no chance. I just had, didn't have really a time and go back to it, but you say it's good, huh? Kerry Washington is great. Reese Witherspoon's great. Josh Jackson's great. It, it's it's overall it's a it, I would give it like an eighty five percent. Damn. Um, and I would say it's pretty solid. And I haven't even finished it yet. That that score might go up. Okay. Good review, brother. All right. Uh, next up, Killing Eve. Two episodes are out. Have either of you guys watched Killing Eve season no. three? No. I just watched the first one, so I don't I don't have any updates on it. I liked it. It's <sighs> good. Watched- I'll watch the whole season. I know it. I watched the first two episodes, and I have to tell you, as a real fan of Killing Eve, as a person who thinks Villanelle is one of the most compelling characters on all of television, the first two episodes have been an absolute snooze. Like, I can't be more bored watching them. Mm. Um, I'm worried about this season. Uh, Sandra Oh is not good. Um, there's not enough Villanelle being Villanelle. And all of the other characters just seem to be having kind of boring conversations. Now, I do believe they're setting up a new type of mystery that should be fun. Um, you know, some shocking stuff happened in episode two. Just wasn't shocking enough to make it a lot of fun. So, as of right now, I'm going to keep watching Tony. I'm putting up the warning signal because I'm a little worried. See, I'm a little worried for you because if there's no John B. in a show now, you're not going to be into it. Big time John B. guys. So much so, I want to start going by Eric B. <laughs> we might we can pull it off <laughs> all right uh finally um the last dance on espn it's the latest 30 for 30 it's going to be a 10 part five weekend um documentary series the first two episodes came out last weekend this weekend there's going to be one that everyone's going to go crazy about about dennis rodman and his crazy antics and his crazy partying and how he was able to be one of the key pieces of one of the great teams in sports history while being an absolute maniac, like banging celebrities, drinking like 70 drinks a night, going to the strip club and being like the most famous crazy person on earth. He still is. Yeah. His I mean, best friend, dude, his best friend, Kim Jong-un is probably fucking dead. Like I feel bad. I don't, I don't feel bad about any of the Kim Jong-un family because um, his favorite thing to do was to kill his uh, his enemies with dogs or with anti-aircraft guns. So don't yeah. really have sympathy for uh, Kim Jong-un or any of his family members. Um, but That's Dennis good. Rodman, what a fucking maniac this guy is. It's going to be a lot about him. Um, it's a very candid look at Jordan and the Bulls. Um, it's going to kind of paint all of them in a bad way, I think. Um, they painted management in a really ugly way. I mean, um, they couldn't. they couldn't have, like painted Jerry Reinsdorf in an any worse light. And I'm guessing that was a, a Jordan directive of I'm not doing this unless you make Jerry Reinsdorf look like the worst person on earth. And, and where it's coming from, it sounds like Jordan is going to look like a total asshole in this. Um, we saw, you Pippen, think? yeah, even Jordan said, like, when I watched this, I realized I wasn't a very good teammate. Like mm. he's going to be an asshole in this. Um, Pippen looked like a total douchebag in the last weekend's one. It's going to kind of show that they're like a really dysfunctional bunch, but like when when push came to shove, like no one was more talented or more driven than this group. So 
Well, then, then all that all that speaks to is the level of of the Zen master Phil Jackson being able to to bring all of that together. Of course, he had the greatest basketball player on earth, you know, at his disposal. And I, maybe I, I think there is something to that. Like, I don't think Phil Jackson was that brilliant of a basketball mind, but I think he was such a man manager that like like a, a personnel guy, not necessarily mm-hmm. like a, like an X's and O's guy. Yeah, he could just control these crazy egos all balancing them all perfectly to get them to go out and give their best. So I think it's so crazy that, that they, they were like, yeah, we're not renewing Phil. And then everyone else is going to be gone. I think like when you have that dynasty on your hands, it's kind of crazy to just be like, Nope, this is it. Arbitrarily. Like we're cutting it off. They were like, yeah, we've won six of eight and three in a row, but let's just not try next year. Let's get rid of all these guys. Like, yeah, let's cut it off. We we know how bored. How bored do you have to be with winning the entire thing to do that? Yeah, it'd be like, <laughs> like this is hard. It would be like if the Patriots had won the last three Super Bowls and six of the last eight Super Bowls, and then they were like, "We're gonna let Tom Brady walk now." Like, and Bill, oh, and right. Bill, Bill, you're gone too. Thanks. Yeah. Bill check has been great, but we're gonna go get a brand new coach. <laughs> like, <laughs> just absurd. So it, this to me seems like a must-watch. You don't have to be a sports fan to enjoy a good documentary. Michael Jordan. Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, Phil Jackson, some of the most famous people in sports history and also some of the biggest celebrities in the world. So um, for sure. Real quick, one one question. What is up with Michael Jordan's eyes? Has, does he smoke like 20 cigars a day? Because they're like yellow. It freaks me out every time yeah. I look at it. He, he drinks a lot. Like he drinks during the every episode too. He's got like a glass of scotch with him at all times. Yeah, he's got some issues. Um, talk, this is something that we, when we talk about essential, I don't think that anybody, any of us would be, we probably wouldn't be talking about this on the podcast, um, let alone watching it, unless it was like really taking over the, the narrative, which it's everywhere right now. Everybody's only talking about Jordan. And I'm glad that I am because it's been amazing. And even my wife is enjoying it. Um, but this is very much essential. Like, if you want to be a part of the larger conversation, you just have to watch it. Yeah, agreed. All right, guys. Uh, let's go back to the feature quickly. Two shows on FX that are just killing it. They're probably the two things I find myself most excited to watch in a week. Um, the first is Dave, um, which is a show that is only getting better. I mean, it started off so goofy and so silly, and it, it was hilarious. And now that comedy is still there. but there's, um, you know, sadness and tough decisions and, you know, real struggle and pain that's happening with some of these characters that you care about now. Um, Jim, I know you're watching, Dave. We're mm-hmm. through nine ten episodes. Uh, where are you at on this show? Um, I think that this last week's was one of the best episodes. I still think that the episode maybe six or something that kind of went into his hype man's backstory was one of the most, like, gut-wrenching and just amazingly emotional for how little time they had like they just made it so potent um that was maybe still my favorite episode but it's gotten so good like it's it doesn't need to be funny for me to think it's very entertaining but it is funny i like that he is able to like look at himself and see i feel like you're watching like a really candid look at a person who's able to tell the mistakes that they made in their life. And like, Mm -hmm. I think that's hard for people to do. 
And so I think you're you're watching him make mistakes and you're watching him do things that are embarrassing and you're watching him learn lessons and you know it's really personal and real. And so I just feel like that gives it a leg up over a lot of other shows because, you know, he part of it is, is written for television. But I mean, he's definitely talking about things that were traumatic and have shaped him into the person he is now. And so it's yep. just a show that shouldn't work. Um, the people who are on the show do not have the experience, a lot of them in acting to make something that is so good and can be so deep and hilarious at the same time. And I don't know, he must be an absolute genius because every episode works. I yeah. am laughing out loud. I am, you know, there at the sad moments, you know, I find myself, uh, you know, feeling very emotional watching these characters. I think this is brilliant television. Agree. Totally agree. I think it's the best show on TV right now. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you're still watching Ozark, then Ozark. Otherwise, this is the best we have. And then uh, finally, we're all watching what we do in the shadows. We're through three episodes. This is peak comedy. Um, you know, everything Taika touches is hilarious to me and turns to gold. And this is no different. What are you guys thinking about season two, what we do in the shadows? I think it's absolutely brilliant TV writing storylines that are absolutely meaningless it's like it's like seinfeld for vampires right <laughs> yeah. there, there's there's literally like it, it's a show about nothing except like vampires that stink at what they're supposed to be doing and it's a quirky cast of characters and every week they come up with like a new gimmick that just works and i know you know this week's was like the super bowl and they they were they were you know, very into the owls and they thought it was about a superb owl. And, but then the show just use that uses that as an excuse to get them to interact with, with other characters that they normally wouldn't interact with. And then the hijinks ensue. So then it's funny. I, I, yep. Yeah. And I thought it was absolutely brilliant again. I thought it was something just as simple as the fact that they were pretending not to be themselves vampires and then the guy said, what are you guys, vampires? Just as an offhanded joke. And then the whole episode was about them having to deal with him because he knew their secret. He knows we are vampires. Yeah. <laughs> it is literally so funny. Anyone who is skeptical about the show or wants to watch it, I guess my warning to you would be that everyone I know who watched the show um, after the fact struggled to kind of get through the first few episodes. Mm -hmm. into it you'd never turn back the show is incredible it's about as funny as anything is on tv right now um absolutely essential in my opinion so one thing i'm really excited about too is that they are expanding the universe a little bit as of this last episode so guillermo ended up in a group like a club of vampire hunters with like craig robinson is the leader and then a couple other characters that'll probably be funny so like Dude, they're adding on some funny characters. They're expanding. It should only be better. Yeah, and not only not only did he end up with vampire hunters, it was like accidentally. He didn't right. even mean to end up there. Yeah, it's dude, it's it's pretty clever, man. I'm in I'm definitely still loving the show. You'd think, hey, how many vampire jokes can they do? Well, turns out a lot, because it's been great. Yeah. Agreed. All right, guys, let's move on to our Marvel rewatch this week. Hey. We watched 
Ant-Man, starring Paul Rudd. This was the first time in a while in Marvel where they kind of took a step back, introduced a new character, introduced a new part of their universe, introduced new powers and problems. They introduced the quantum realm, which would be very important in the, the MCU afterwards. Um, this is definitely one of their smaller movies, um, but going back, I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I thought it was so funny, so well done. It was the right level of important, and Paul Rudd is very underrated. Yeah, I agree. I, I definitely, so I don't think I've watched this movie since it first came out on like HBO or Netflix or wherever it was first available. I didn't see it in the theater. But then you're right. Like Paul Rudd is very engaging. He's very captivating as Scott Lang. I thought Michael Douglas was kind of underrated as Hank Pym. Um, Evangeline Lilly uh, was pretty solid too. Uh, the the bad guy, Corey something, I forget his uh, his last name. Corey Stoll, pretty boring. Stoll uh, was like, he was fine. Um, but like, seemed like a kind of a egomaniac bad guy i think he played the part pretty well um the story didn't really matter as much as like telling like eric said kind of like introducing some of the bigger layers that were going to be needed later on so you see why ant-man was kind of necessary to introduce even though um I, I think they just took a page out of like the guardians playbook and they're like let's do guardians on our guardians on earth and and make it kind of silly and fun and lighthearted, but then serious at times. But then we go back to lighthearted and I thought it was a really fun ride. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it way more the second time that I watched it than I did the first. I loved it. Um, I thought that the family stuff with Ant-Man is really good. It's actually, it really works. Um, I'm not a huge fan of, uh, is it Michael Douglas? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. Michael Douglas really bothers me. He rubs me the wrong way. Um, and Evangeline Lilly is just all right. Um, but overall, uh, their slight connection to characters like um, Falcon, you know, he's in it a little bit. Some talk of the Avengers going to the new Avengers facility. Um, it's really and truly a heist movie um, that's done in a form of a superhero movie. And it's funny. It was entertaining. And uh, I found myself really caring about this story and it seemed like it was a bigger deal even though it was the smallest character that they've ever introduced and so it really worked for me um it was another in a line of marvel movies now that have worked uh in a row they've really really caught their stride at this point at the very end of phase two um i think this was the last movie of phase two and heads into the longest um phase the one that we just finished up phase three which is going to be like 12 movies long and it's going to end uh, the story and bring us to, to the present. And so I really enjoyed this. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, Ant-Man is a very underrated character. It's funny that you mentioned the, the heist movie. Cause it made me think of uh, the Rick and Morty episode from the most recent season where they were making fun of heist movies, how they spend 60% of the movie putting a crew together. And yeah. that's, that's kind of what they were He's doing. Son of a bitch. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely, dude. I So I had a problem with Evangeline Lilly. She wasn't great on Lost. She's not good in this. She's very pretty. I get that. Um, I like the movie. I love how much fun they have with the fighting mechanics and the shrinking 
fight scenes and action scenes, you know, they, they make the car tiny and then big. And it's just like, you can tell they're having fun with the tools that they have. Right. Um, and the second one I remember is the same way. They just get to have fun with, with the mechanics of it. The last fight scene where they're like, it's like a high speed, you know, you've seen this in a million movies, including other Marvel movies where they fight on top of trains. Like I can think of four Marvel movies where they do that. Well, in this, they're fighting on top of like a train set, like a toy train set. It's, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good because like you're when you're zoomed in on them being super small and they're fighting and you're like, oh, this is so intense. And then like the train tips over and they zoom back out and it's like, oh, yeah, just the toy train set tipped over. Yeah, it like no makes hardly any noise. It's just like, Dude. yeah, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, no, it was it was a really fun watch. Um Definitely fresh. Uh, can't be can't be an elite movie, but it can just be a classic Marvel movie. I would give us something like an 81, 82, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's a that's a great score. I would agree. I'm with good that. with that. Uh, and then finally, uh, next week, this week, we will be watching Captain America: Civil War. Iron oh Man shit! Versus Captain America. I still don't really understand this. It's pretty silly that they would be so irresponsible to all fight with each other. Someone could get hurt. Um, but yeah, that's where we're headed. So if you're watching with us at home, throw on Captain America Civil War. Tell us what you think. And if you watched Iron Man for the first time, let us know about that too. Uh, don't forget, Eric, they've, they've been planting the seeds for this Captain and Tony Stark fight for a while. And so it's kind of a... Uh... If you look back at some of the Avengers stuff, it's been coming to a head for, you know, at least two or three movies. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm excited. I'm actually excited for Eric to watch it and see if he changes his mind. Because you've had this opinion of this movie now for years where you're like, they wouldn't really be fighting. You know, it doesn't really make any sense. It's very contrived. Um, I I think you might disagree. I I watched this movie a few months ago and I'm going to watch it again, but it's, it's good. I only watched this movie in theaters. That was it. Okay, well. All right, guys. We're going to end up today on the medal ceremony. Last week's medal ceremony was romantic comedies. Our picks were two kind of controversial picks. um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Something About Mary, which were romantic movies and comedies. But I don't know. There was some some fight back on if they were romantic comedies. Hmm. Uh, But both of them uh, finished uh, behind our winner. Something about Mary finished in somewhat distant bronze medal territory. Mm-hmm. In a very distant silver medal was Forgetting Sarah Marshall. And our winner of the gold medal last week for the best romantic comedy of all time was 10 Things I Hate About You. It's it's perfect. It's I'm so glad. I didn't want I didn't want the Instagram folks to come through and fuck it up, but they didn't. No, they didn't. They nailed it. This was this was the right choice. This is a yep. great movie. Um, Heath Ledger is, he's incredible. He's just so fun to watch on the screen, uh, no matter what character he plays. And, uh, what's the girl's name? I don't know. Yeah. You know her. She was in the Bourne movies. Oh God. Wait. Um, yep. Uh, Julia Stiles. Oh, hey. Julia, even Julia Stiles didn't ruin this movie. So 10 things I hate about you was our winner of the gold medal of last week's medal ceremony. This week's medal ceremony to end the show is going to be the greatest movie weapons of all time. Who's going to start us out? It's a great fucking us. category. Um, 
one that I thought of because I am in the middle of reading uh, The Deathly Hallows. So I'm going Harry Potter's wand. Harry Potter's wand? Why wouldn't you go with the Elder Wand? Okay, or, or just... Oh, like, dude, who, who wins? <laughs> yeah, you want you want to pick the Elder Wand? That, did, that, didn't, do, that didn't go so well. Uh, <laughs> all right. No, that's fair. That's Harry fair. Wand, great. All wands, great. Wizards fighting is really fun and interesting to watch. Even though, Armis. even though the movies made some really tough choices with uh, with death, right? So some big deaths. Uh, you have uh, Sirius Black. He gets killed and uh, falls through a portal. Uh, pretty safe choice there. Uh, Dumbledore gets killed, but it makes him soar through the air off of a tower. And then he lands with no blood uh, off of a tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have a couple of real famous ones. You have the Battle of Hogwarts, Bellatrix Lestrange, one of the big bads, one of the most evil people in the whole movie. She tries to kill Ginny Weasley. Molly Weasley steps in and gets uh, a rare um, but powerful movie theater cheer, where the whole movie theater cheers. Mm-hmm. And she says, that's my daughter, you bitch! Movie theater cheers. <laughs> great moment but then she hits her with expecto confetti and fucking turns her into confetti she fucking pops and turns into confetti that is a not which is not what happens in the books that should but if you can kill someone by turning them into confetti how is that not exactly as worse as avadra kadavra like no, I get it. Or like, septum septum. I mean, like one of these serious ones where it's like, no, that's one of the curses that are, you know, your soul gets fucked up if you use it. Yeah, you got fucking Molly Weasley turning people into pieces of plastic. Yeah, it was it was a shocking death. And then finally, the big moment, Harry versus Voldemort. So can I say, can I just say I'm picking Harry's wand from the books, not the movies? Oh, for sure. Harry Voldemort, they're fighting, right? It's just this huge battle. It's the, the battle of good and evil. Like, one can live, the other one can't. And friggin' Voldemort just turns into to paper mache. <laughs> like, he just, like, disintegrates. <laughs> like, come on. I don't know. Death and Harry Potter are a little weak, but wand fighting of wizards is fucking awesome. Great choice. Harry Potter's wand. Okay. I have, I, I wrote down a few. Um, at the very first one that came to mind is the one I'm going to lead with here. And it's the cricket, the noisy cricket from Men in Black. They amped up. It was the perfect MacGuffin through the movie. So they're like, what the fuck is this little thing, right? And he's got it. And they're kind of making fun of it. And, you know, Tommy Lee Jones is very serious the whole time. He plays a straight man. They finally bust it out, and it's like the biggest fucking explosion ever. It paid off. Line, I think the line from Will Smith was, what the hell am I doing with this little thing? Yeah. Or something, or something like that. That was an in, incredible uh, black accent you just did. I really loved it. Hashtag well sarcasm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the noisy cricket for me, I'm going to put it up in there and we'll see. I, I don't know if it's going to make the list, the final list, but that's what I'm putting in for now. Okay, I'm going to put in Wolverine's Claws. Mm. Ooh, good choice. Yeah. Adamantium or whatever, they're like the strongest metal in the world. His his entire skeleton is made out of it. And he also can heal, but he has these just vicious claws. Now, for most of time, we see him stabbing people, but then they just fall off screen and you don't really see anything. That is 
until Logan. When right. you saw what these things could do, and it was hard to watch. <laughs> they yeah. were taking people's arms clear off their body. They were coming out of people's bodies in all kinds of disgusting ways. They were an absolute wrecking ball. And they're one of the best weapons of all time. I like it. Um, my only problem is, and I'm glad that you did clarify that, like, in Logan, he actually got to use them, right? Um, I mean, it's more of a comic book weapon to me. I would like to pick stuff from movies, right? But we'll see. Um, I want to throw in the chainsaw arm from Evil Dead. It's iconic as shit. It did a lot of damage. It was fun to watch. The chainsaw arm, I think, belongs on there, but we'll see. I'm going to go with another one you won't like. It's both of Thor's weapons. Thor's hammer, Majolner or whatever. Mjolnir. Mjolnir and his uh, axe (laughs) Stormbreaker from uh, the last movie um, with Groot's arm and the thing that Tyrion made from the star. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, (laughs) What an an amalgam right there. I mean, (laughs) he threw Tyrion in there. Oh, great. Groot's fucking arm. He can summon lightning, he can throw it, he can fly with it, he can do anything. And this thing is all powerful. It's so fun to watch every time he shows up with the, one of his weapons. I'm I mean, I agree, but it's to me, it's kind of a comic book weapon that they used in the movies. Hmm. We'll see. Well, I, I mean, you just said a guy has a chainsaw arm. So I, I don't know. Yeah, that was for a movie. How... Okay, so it, it's got to be a weapon that was created specifically and only for a movie. I think it helps. Okay. I mean, is, is Harry Potter like a long form comic book then? So even that one, I'm like, well, that's, you just said Harry Potter's one from the book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. That's what I'm saying. So I don't think the rules were clearly explained when we were selecting. No, these. it doesn't have to be. You're getting very picky. I'm gonna. I want to support stuff like the proton pack from Ghostbusters that was a weapon made for the movie. It didn't exist elsewhere. It wasn't already fucking cool, and they just had to like film some stuff with it. Which leads us to Eric. You brought this on first, so I want you to drop it on us because I think it's gonna make the top three. Then we can work around the rest. Has to make the top three is the lightsaber from Star Wars. Yeah, it looks so cool. Um, even when you watch like the original 1977 and New Hope Star Wars. When, um, uh, you know, you obviously get a cool scene with, with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader, but really and truly when you get Luke versus Darth Vader and they're like walking through the dark kind of, and like the lightsabers are lighting up the action and like just the sounds they make, even when they're not being used, like when they're just holding them, when they hit everything about mm-hmm. it is beautiful. It's powerful. It's terrifying. The lightsaber can do some real damage. But it's also like a weapon that kids think is cool and adults think is cool. Agreed. It's iconic. It needs to be on the list. Um, another iconic weapon. So I'll go, I'll do two real quick, and you guys can decide whether either one of these should even be in consideration. I was going to say Captain America's shield, um, just because it's so prolific and mm-hmm. it's so it, it's less of a, a weapon as opposed to more of like a defense mechanism. If, if that makes sense. Um, 
The other one I was going to say is uh, James Bond's uh, Walter, uh, is it a PP7? Something like that. Like James Bond's handgun um, has -hmm. been iconic for 50 years of cinema. Um, So I I would kind of nominate that one, at least for discussion. I'll add, I'm going to add two more quick ones and then we'll, we'll round out our three. Okay. Okay. Um, No country for old men, that fucking bolt gun that that creepy dude used. Oh, the thing that they used to kill cows or cattle. I mean, that was amazing that like people will always remember that, that weapon. Anton Chigurh. Anton. Yes. And then, um, the last one I have is I don't even really like the Kill Bill movies, some of my least favorite movies from Tarantino, but I love how they hyped up this Hattori Hanzo blade. They hyped it up, hyped it up. She finally like fucking gets it, and then she's just unbelievably devastating with it. So it's a pretty good example of like made for a movie, well hyped up throughout, and then delivers on it. But that's just a samurai sword. It is. Yeah, I know. But it's like, you know, this was not just a samurai sword. The movie is very special. Okay, so Um, in my opinion, lightsaber would be number one seed. Yep. After that, I have no idea. I would be fine with with the wand, maybe just a wand from Harry Potter. Yep, yep. And then we could pick one of Eric's comic book ones if we wanted to. They are fucking amazing. No, I think you could pick... uh... The chainsaw arm. You like that one? Yeah, one from each should be good, I think. So lightsaber, you know, maybe we'll say Elder Wand or whatever, because it was that one was hyped up, right? And it was like Well which, by the way, that's where they decided to hide it in fucking Dumbledore's grave. Not that clever. Yeah, like nobody like knew. Like, come on. Dumbledore dies and everybody just turns into a fucking idiot. He must have been the brains behind the operation. Um Okay, so I'm good. I want to put the chainsaw arm in there. That's cool. Let's do that. I think that's that's how it needs to be. All right, one, two, three. I will put it up on the Instagram, and we will follow up next week. So then we also just wasted 10 minutes of everyone else's time when we nominated the first three that we all talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we didn't. Dude, There's these are honorable mentions. These are important. Yeah, fair enough. The other, the other honorable, honorable mention that I, I didn't talk about was Arnold Schwarzenegger's shotgun in Terminator 2, the mm. sawed-off that he had a holster for in his motorcycle and then could cock and reload it by twisting it around. That was pretty that iconic. was like, awesome. Like, throwback to the 90s. Like, if you're a 90s kid and you watch T2, that was unbelievable what he did. Like, he pulled it out of the motorcycle, shoot the lock off the gate, and then fly through it on the motorcycle. Unbelievable. So cool. But I would still nominate Harry Potter's wand over that shotgun. Okay. Because shotgun didn't do shit to T-1000. All right, guys. That is all the time that we have on this episode of the Nordies Podcast. We will have a sports cast for you guys this week where we're going to break down the NFL draft. We're going to talk to you guys about more sports topics considering sports aren't even going on. It's going to be fun anyways. You're going to hear all about the new Minnesota Vikings. Um, But, yeah, until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies Podcast. 